understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys, and welcome back to The Stranded Podcast. I am your host. It's your girl, Jessica Hurley, and thank you so much for joining me. Guys, it has been a journey. Like today really made made me realize we have been on a long journey together. This podcast has been around now for almost two years. I cannot believe I still have the ability to stay consistent with it, but I definitely would not be able to without a team. And it just, because this week is so special to me, it just really made me realize um, how long I've been trucking along and how long you guys have stayed and stuck on the journey. And I'm forever, forever thankful. So um, everybody that's just been a long-term listener, riding with me, consuming the content, giving me feedback, supporting me, sharing it. Thank you so much for those that are new to this platform. Part of You're part of the Stranded Family too. Make sure that if you listen to some content and you feel like it touches your soul or you got a magic gem from it or whatever, that you share it on social media, share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook. Um, I will definitely love to shout you out. Um, I even send some gifts sometimes to people that share my content and just tag us everywhere you can. And if you have not yet, make sure to please write a review. That is the only way that we can really um, get that message out there on iTunes and share this content with the world. When you write reviews, we show up more, people get to see the Stranded Podcast more. So again, thank you so much. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude today. So speaking of gratitude, uh, I thought it was so important to do a special episode today. And This one's kind of personal and guys, truthfully, I, I really struggle with personal content. Like I know I talk and tell personal stories a lot because I've taught that the ability to be relatable and be vulnerable is how we stay connected. So I love sharing my personal stuff with you guys, but I'm always, I've always feared doing like super personal episodes because why would you listen to that? Like we just, if I just talk um, personally about what's going on with me and don't give away for you to learn or connect from it, then I feel like it's just not gold content. And um, I strive and get hung up on making sure that I provide really gold content most of the time. So, but I did want to make today personal. And so if you've got the time to stick it out with me, it's much appreciated. So today is the day before my son's birthday. He will be two years old on the 21st. I am over the moon excited with joy and gratitude and just feeling overwhelmed, blessed, just in amazement and in awe. Like I'm literally getting teary eyed talking about it. Um, my son just, if you are a long-term listener of the stranded, you know, uh, my son was three months early. He was spent 82 days in the NICU. The first 30 days of that experience, um, nobody could tell us whether or not our son was going to survive. They couldn't even tell me when he was coming out, literally when I was birthing him, whether he'd be able to survive. And so it was one of the most scary, traumatic, numbing journeys of my life. I still, when people ask me about the experience, um, 
all I can remember is being extremely, extremely numb, very numb. Like Chris and I look back on it, my fiance and I look back on it and think, how the hell did we get through that? Like, and I had to go back to work and Chris had to go back to work. Like I had to go back and show up at my corporate job every day while our son was in the NICU. Chris had to grind every day to make sure that we had the the means to survive. And we were so numb. There was literally no connection between us. Um, it was just crazy. And I say all that just to be real, but of course we don't feel that way anymore. And I think it's so important to not forget that experience and I don't dwell on it. I don't try to play victim or anything like that. But I, I do believe this time, especially because I remember last year going through the same emotional experience. I do believe it's so important when they say not to forget where you came from. And I know that that's usually typically centered around the city you're from or where you were raised. But to me, I think it's so important to remember Cameron's journey. So like I keep a box of everything they gave us in the NICU that was really small. So I have a box of like his, um, the mask he wore and the rest, like the the little nose piece to his respirator that was like the size of a a dime and the anklet, the, the blood, it was like a blood pressure reader. Y'all, I'm not a nurse, obviously. Can you tell by my lack of terminology? (laughs) It was like a, um, blood pressure reader that went around his ankle. And, um, I even have, they stamped his feet with ink like they do when he was born, when he was in the box. And it's literally, (laughs) it's like the size of the top of his feet were like the size of the top of my thumb. And so I keep those things because one, I can't wait to tell him the story because I want him to know his life started out testing his resiliency. So we make a joke of it all the time, but I'm like that he's going to bust his knee or do something. And I'm going to be like, boy, get over it because you have no idea the journey you've been on. But on a heavier note, just you were born into this world requiring resiliency from you and you surpassed it. You lived beyond anyone's expectations. So upon adversity in your life, you have to know that that is nothing. Anything that comes to you is nothing that God can't get you through because you have done this before. You've already had practice. You've had practice earlier than most people have ever had practice in their life. You were born for this. And I know this kind of sounds like a letter to my son at this point. Um, but those are the things that I want to share with him that I can't wait to share with him. So that's why I keep those things. But I think it's so important for you know my fiance and I to remember this time every year because of course in the day to day we completely forget we look at our son he even gets on our nerves sometimes and we're just like you're so crazy but it's so important to look at him with gratitude especially when we reach his birthday each year because we're another year in and there were moments in during his life that we didn't think we would be here so I think it's so important um, to just acknowledge and remember that So as we're preparing for his party and his celebration, um, I even have moments where like I am so stuck on not throwing him big parties until he's old enough to really know what's going on because I think they're like, I think it's just like a thing society wants you to do, but he's two years old. And, but then there's this other side of me that is like every day in Cameron's life is a true blessing. So we should celebrate. We should honor our excitement and happiness and gratitude, you know, by throwing him a party and we're not doing anything massive, like bounce houses and big things, but we are throwing him a party this weekend. And so as I'm preparing for it, like literally I have committed to 
not letting a year go by where I don't spend the entire week of his birthday just being super, super grateful. Like I hear all these people like, oh, you know, don't worry about your son's birthday. I don't worry about birthdays. I just focus on five, 10 and, you know, 16 or whatever. But I have committed to myself that this has to be a value of mine every year to the entire week, just being truly present. Like I even found myself yesterday, it was like difficult for me to check in and work because I just was literally trying to be present with him. And not that he was home, but I was trying to be present and just really soak up the gratitude and the the feeling of just gratefulness that my son is thriving. Not only is he surviving, but he's thriving. And I still, to this day, I have people reach out to me all the time, NICU moms, that will be like, and I don't put up a lot of stuff about it anymore because my son is so healthy at this point, but I still have moms that reach out to me and say, you know, I went through this. It's so crazy to hear someone else went through this. And I meet so many people whose children were born later than my son, like not as early as my son and are having extreme difficulties. I even know people that whose children were born after my son and did not make it, did not survive. And so a lot of moms reach out to me and their children are still having difficulties eating. They're still using tubes or breathing assistance or all type of things. And to date, Cameron is completely, completely normal. I mean, we left the hospital the day he was released and they said, you're going to have to go to the eye doctor once a week. You're going to have to go see a cardiologist every month. You know, he's got a heart, a hole in the size of his heart, size of a dime or size of a nickel. And, you know, he could still have brain bleeds and this and that and the neurologist. And I mean, I had a list. I, I remember leaving the hospital and telling Chris, I thought I was going to have to quit my job just to care for our son because it seems so excessive. And he grew out of everything. There's no hole in his heart anymore. It's gone. They said it's gone. We can't find it. He just grew out of it. After our fourth visit, he just said, we can't find it anymore. Um, no more brain bleeds. That that all disappeared within the first month. They, they told us that within the first month that his vision was 2020. Um, I just, again, I just, I couldn't. I wanted to do business tips today and I had all these ideas and things to do a solo episode. And I just thought with my son's birthday being tomorrow, I could not think of a better episode to do than just to tell you guys um, to focus on gratitude. You know, some people say that you have to forget things like this that happen, but I'm just so overwhelmed with um, the feeling of overcoming and being present in my son's life in these moments. Cause I'm not always, I'm definitely not always. We are busy with business. My fiance and I are overwhelmed with work. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we force ourselves to play hard because we work so hard. You know, neither one of us work a nine to five. We literally work like a, <laughs> an eight to midnight most days and we just alternate, you know, and it's just, I think this week is so important to be present with our biggest blessing ever. And that is the continued life of our son who I know is destined for impact on this world because he came into this world blazing a trail. And so I know he's going to do the same in the lives of others. I just can't wait to see what that looks like. So I just want to close this episode with five really dramatic things that I learned about motherhood. (laughs) And I really feel like if there's, I feel like there's two topics that, I feel extremely incompetent about like talking about on the podcast. I'll pretty much talk about anything. Um, or maybe three, 
Like I don't do well talking about weight loss. I don't do well talking about, um, anything related to religion. And I would think the, the third would be motherhood even as a mother. And I know they say you can't learn from, you can only learn from experience, but y'all, I promise you, if it's about business, if it's about life, if it's about manifestation, power of the mind, mindset, growth, personal growth, my God, those things are so easy to me compared to motherhood. I don't know what it is, but motherhood has had me on the struggle bus for two years now. And it just does not come easier naturally to me. I know a lot of women just say it comes natural. I am not one of those people. And please take that with a grain of salt. I don't want you guys to think that I just hate motherhood or at a, you know, don't understand it. I just feel like I'm not that good at it. And, or I struggle with it a lot. It's one of the things that stresses me out the most because just the management of it, like, When they say there's no hood like motherhood, oh my God, like I for real, for real believe that. Because to me, when I'm caring for my son, everything else has to stop. And I try to truly be present and I have to sacrifice a lot of things when I'm focused on him, which is perfectly fine. It's what I prayed for. It's, it's my biggest blessing. I just, the management of motherhood blows me away. And so I'm learning every day how to be better at it. We actually had a sit down with our pastor recently and he straightforward told us we needed to get more organized as parents that our son, when he gets older, if he was old enough to say what he sees, he would say he sees organized chaos. And it just made me realize so quickly that in the midst of my fiance and I building our businesses that we have not given our son the structure he needs, our family, the structure he needs, because I have a stepdaughter as well. Um, And it was so eye opening that you can not only can you continually grow as a person and as a partner, but as a parent, it it is ever evolving. You're ever growing, you're ever learning. And I feel like an infant in the realm of motherhood. So I wanted to share those five things that I've learned dramatically over the last year. Number one is the importance of being present the importance of being present. And that just is truly when I am with my son, I am with my son. I try to get excited about it. I try to put my phone down. I try to really talk to him. I've gotten in a, um, a pattern of when I am talking to him, to him, I get on my knees and I try to look him in the eyes and have conversations with him as often as possible. I want him to see me at eye level. I want him to feel like I'm talking to him. I'm not pointing at him. I'm not degrading him. I'm not yelling at him. Or, you know, there's a time for redirection and there's a time for conversation. And I try to be very, very present with my son. We've even allocated like an hour and a half a night after bath time to hang out with him in his room. It doesn't always work that way with both of us, but one of us always does it and tries to be really, really present with him. And I love when I do it because I feel like I learned so much about him. Like I learn so much about him and his personality and just his love for adventure and, um, his love to want to get to know me better. So one is definitely striving every day to be present and how important it is for not only him and his growth, but me as a parent and my growth. It's so important. Number two, I have learned the true virtue of patience, having a child. (laughs) 
patience on another level. Um, I could talk about this for an entire episode, but my son's journey is different than anyone else's, anyone else's child. And that is not even acknowledging the fact that he was a micro preemie. It's also that he just is, they're all different. They're all so different. So like I got to a point in his development where I said, screw this. I deleted the app about development and where they were supposed to be. I got really tired of dealing with some of the people. Um, like we had a program that he was, that was free for him because he was so premature that was offered by the state to just practice work with his development. And I just told them to stop us at one point because they were literally, you know, and it wasn't degrading. They didn't mean it in such a way, but you have to be careful in the way that you communicate with people, but they just, you know, would hit us with like, well, he's at the 16th month mark and he should be grabbing toys. And so you said he's not grabbing toys. He's only picking them up and not holding them. You know, this may, we need to work on his fine motor skills and this, that, and the third. And it would just, I would leave every meeting and it was like a bi-weekly meeting feeling like I was a terrible parent and my child was not a normal child. And when I finally let that go and decided to be patient and to let my child do things on his own terms, and that doesn't mean that I just let go and stopped working with him, but I just let go of the expectation of normal growth and was really, really patient with my child. It only has worked out in our favor. It has only worked out in our favor. You know, you have to be um, intuitive and you have to be, um, pay good attention to make sure that they're not struggling with those things. Cause then you definitely have to seek some help. Um, you know, Cameron kept getting ear infections and it seemed like he wasn't listening very well or he wasn't hearing very well. And we found out he needed, um, ear tubes. We got him ear tubes and he immediately started talking more. He stopped getting sick so much. So there's things like that that are very important, but being patient with your child's development and growth on their own terms is so, so, so key because all of the things that they were worried about, my son does now and does well. So patience for him to live on his own journey was so important for us and for me as a mother to just let go of development and child norms, I guess, per se. Speaking of patience, uh, my number three is understanding the importance of your time. And so I know this kind of circles back to being present, but I want to say this in a different way. (laughs) As a business owner, as a mother, you value time so much more as a parent every second of your time because you just don't have it like you used to. I look back on the moments when I thought I was busy before a child, like I was like, Oh, I'm so busy. And then I would come home at five o'clock, clean the house, cook dinner, and then be like, okay, oh, I'm just going to go to bed or get some rest or practice some self care, take a bath, read a book. Like, Oh my God, you use your time so much wisely, so much more wisely when you are a mother, because every second counts, every second matters. Like I literally have to time block times to do things now because I have to work it around a child's schedule. Even though he goes to daycare from nine to five, I have to work things around his schedule, plus being a fiance, you know, plus being a business owner, running an agency, um, just all of the things, friends, you know, like I have to force myself to have friendships sometimes. Like when people reach out to me, I have to literally, my fiance will always tell me like, if you want to go do something, say it and don't feel guilty about it because mom guilt is real. 
number four is mom guilt is real. So that was a great segue. Mom guilt is so real and God, don't let anybody shame you into your role. like shame you through your role of this blessing. I had to really learn that everyone is going to have an opinion about you as a mother. If you allow it to manifest, if you allow it to sink in, if you allow it to um, make you feel any type of way, that is the quickest way to fail as a mother. Because I have to look at my son every day and know that I'm doing my job and I'm doing it well. Because if I don't, if I don't have faith in me, my, he, his survival, his personality, his growth is reliant upon my ability to make decisions and have faith in my decisiveness. And so if I question that in any way, because of mom guilt, because of mom shaming, I have to be confident because it all reflects his growth. And so people will tell you everything under the sun and it is okay to receive it. It's okay to consume it. And it is perfectly okay to take it with a grain of salt, take what you can receive, what you like, what you think might work for you, what helps and throw the rest away, throw that shit out the door because it will, it will hurt you on another level. It will hurt you on another level. Like I had a lot of people giving me a lot of opinions and it does not mean that they were wrong because there were definitely some things we needed to change. Like truth be told, full, full honesty. We just got our son to start sleeping in his own bed because he was sick so much in the beginning of his life that we just, it was easier for him to sleep in the bed with us so we could take care of him because he was up all hours of the night. And so we just literally days ago got our son to finally sleep in his own bedroom at night, like religiously. And it took a lot of work. Like people don't know, you see the, the good, the way it looks good on the gram. But, um, you know, Chris and I were working all day and taking turns sleeping in his room at night and waking up every two hours to put him back to sleep, to keep him from running in our room and trying to crawl in our bed. So, um, there's absolutely some things that are true. I've gotten some great advice from pastors, parents, but if they ain't living through it and they don't have your child, don't let it get to you. It's not worth it because it's, it's real. And that doesn't mean don't share. You definitely have to have community, but, um, by God, don't just don't let take what you can in, use what you want, throw the rest away and don't take any of it personally. I like to acknowledge the people really quickly. I am not the greatest of all time at motherhood. Um, but I am absolutely doing the best job that I can. And that takes me to number five, which is do your research, do your research. Like, There is so much information out there for us right now, everywhere about everything to the point where it can get you straight to analysis paralysis, like where you just want to do nothing. And I was like that for a while with my son. I just kind of got in this period where I didn't want to do anything because I was so scared to consume any research or content around things from vaccinations to the food he should eat to why he's not eating the way he should as quick as he should, you know, to what type of toys he should be playing with, to what we should be teaching him. You know, how come he's not, he doesn't want to be read to, why does he run off? Why is he so busy? Why, you know, why, why, why? And, um, I just kind of stopped doing the research and there's a difference between letting go and letting God and letting and being a patient and letting your child do his thing to 
doing some research on the things that are very important decisions. You are your child's biggest advocate. Like I literally had to learn that your child cannot advocate for himself, herself. So you have to be your child's biggest advocate. And so making those decisions and being confident in those decisions that that is the best decision for your child should not be up to your doctor. To me, your doctor is there to educate you on things that you are unaware of, but it is absolutely key and important, especially when it comes to health decisions to over-educate and do the research. I'll give you guys a, a perfect example of something we went through recently is that we, um, Cameron was sick a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and a lot. I mean, I know infants get sick a lot, but our son was like prone at a period of time where he was sick more than he was healthy. So he would get sick one day by day two, it would sound like he had pneumonia. I mean, he'd have a fever all night. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't, um, like he was almost in like a tired, what do you call that? Like lackadaisical, um, state a lot of times because he was so sick, ear infections, respiratory infections. Um, it got bad when we knew when the, I had a doctor tell me like, you need to come in, we need to have a conversation because he's one and a half. He's been on eight, nine steroids and 11 antibiotics. And, you know, most, most children under two have maybe been on two antibiotics and one steroid. And that didn't even include the things he'd been on in the three months in the NICU, which was like everything under the sun. So it, it just, it, it got a little cumbersome and, you know, we worried a lot about him. And so we took him back to the doctor, our doctor had a conversation with a new doctor and they literally sat me down with three doctors and the three doctors said, you know, we've decided that this situation is chronic for Cameron and he might have some type of lung disease. And so we want you to see a pulmonary specialist. And I was like, okay. So immediately, first off, that scares me because it sounds expensive. Two, they said, you know, it seems like his lungs are compromised and these respiratory infections are not going to stop. So we think it's important because as a premature child, he could have some type of lung disease. That sounds really crazy, right? So I was like super overwhelmed, worried, scared. Um, But something was telling me like, he doesn't need to see a a pulmonary doctor. I don't know why I think that, um, but I just felt like it was unnecessary. And so... We, um, didn't in the, in the, in that window of time, I think like, um, three weeks went by and we didn't sign up for it or to go. And cause of course they gave me a referral and everything. And I happened to be in St. Augustine, which is like three hours away to drop Cameron off at his grandmother's. And the day I was dropping him off, he got a really bad fever. And so I took him to urgent care, which happened to be a family doctor of my parents and, to see, cause I knew he needed an antibiotic probably cause he had another ear infection. And of course he did. He had an ear infection even after he'd gotten ear tubes. But I told him about Cameron and his history and everything. And that we were getting ready to see a pulmonary doctor. And he was like, what? Like that kind of seems excessive. And so I said, yeah, but he's sick. You know, I'm just thinking maybe this doctor doesn't understand the reality of how often we were living at a doctor. And he was like, I just think that's really extreme for what you're going through. I don't think that's necessary. And he said, um, you know, what's his diet like? And I explained it to him and he said, just do me a favor and try something for me for the next two weeks, take him off a whole milk, try almond milk or coconut milk. And you know, if he'll drink it, see what happens, man, (laughs) y'all. We put Cameron on whole milk in June. I mean, took him off a of whole milk in June, put him on almond milk, and he has not been sick since. Knock on wood. And it is August. Like June, July, August, not sick, not once, not at all. 
took him off a whole milk. And if you do your research about, um, you know, how whole milk is not good for, um, most people, it was clearly not good for my son. And like he said, it's just a, it's, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I did do enough research to understand that, um, it, it is created from mucus and my child had a lot of mucus buildup already. So for him to add to it with whole milk was only just destroying, um, his ability to breathe in his respiratory system. So almond milk was literally the switch we needed instead of taking him to see someone to take a look at his lungs. And, you know, and that doesn't mean that the problem's completely over. Maybe we have to revisit it um, down the line. But right now, you know, research is so important because the only person that can make health decisions in my son's life, son's life is us. So research is key. And so I know this was a very personal episode, but I just wanted to share it with you guys how important this week is to me and my family and our son, how important it is to never forget uh, where you come from and the journey that you've come from, because it is a part of who you are and it is a part of where you're destined to go. And it is important to remember what you've overcome and just share you share with you guys my my gratitude and what I have learned about how hard momming is and the balance and just being present. And so I'm, I'm glad and excited I got a chance to share that with you guys. And I really, really hope it wasn't depressing. <laughs> I really, really hope you guys have a wonderful week. So much love. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.